You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 409. I am Tim Robertson, and there's David Cohen, and we are two weeks past our last 408th episode because we've been extremely lazy, just didn't feel like doing it. <laughs> if only that was that was the case. So you, <laughs> went, you, you were sick. And, I was uh, sick two weeks ago. I was really, really yeah. sick. Yeah, you still don't sound great, to be honest. I know you've, um, got the, uh, you've got the hay fever thing going on as well, but you still don't sound fabulous. Yeah, it's yeah, one of those and, things. Yeah, and then last week I was traveling. Um, yep. I was in San Francisco last weekend, and we'd only just arrived on the Sunday, um, and uh, that was diff- made things difficult to schedule for you. And also I was on hotel Wi-Fi, which is always entertaining. So uh, it wasn't really worth doing a show last week either. I, but, uh, in, and I could have done a solo show, and I considered it, but I don't know. I just you got to be in the right frame of mind to do a f- solo show. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And I, have, uh, and, I and I was not. No, well, as as you know, also you've as I was commenting to you because I was seeing so many Toyota commercials in San Francisco. Um, you were pretty busy because they've had a clearance event on, and uh, it's been mad mad busy for you, I guess. Yeah, I didn't take any days off, so uh, just yeah. Sundays off for the whole month of August, and that that does wear you down after a while. You, yeah, you do need yeah. that time away from work sometimes, and uh, you know, August was kind of crazy because you know kids started school. Um, just it, everything was just so busy. Yeah. So even on my Sundays, there was always I was busy. So yeah. But September's here, things are going to slow down, you know, the kids are kind of getting back into the groove of going to school, and one of the big changes for me with the kids going back to school was my morning schedule was kind of set in stone for the last few years. Cole and Brooke both ride a school bus to school, but the school bus pickup isn't at our house, so we have to take them to where they get picked up. Right. And it's about a mile down the road, so it's not that big of a deal. But Brooke had to get on the school bus at 6.30 and Cole at 7.30. Well, my drive to work is 40 minutes in nice weather. And that's, you know, we don't always have nice weather here in Michigan, especially in the wintertime. So the schedule was Brooke always woke up about 10 minutes before I did. Then I would stumble downstairs, get a cup of coffee. And then once my my cup of coffee was done, she was usually at that point done with her shower. And I would jump in the shower get out of the shower. We had about 20 minutes and then I would take her to the bus stop. Yeah. I would come back home and wake Julian Cole up. Uh-huh. And then when it's time for Julie to take him to the bus stop, I would just drive to work. So I would get to work an hour early. Yeah. Well, that's changed because Cole is now riding Brooks bus. So I have to wake everybody up at the same time. And then I take both of them at the same time to the school bus and then I just go to work, but now I'm getting to work a half hour earlier than before, so I'm I'm there an hour and a half before everybody else. Okay. So it's kind of messed me up a little bit. Yep, I can imagine. You know, that uh, I take it you get in get into the office and you you know browse YouTube and that yep. sort of thing for an yep. hour. Yep. Do my shopping on Amazon. <laughs> Do you, you know, have people who do you have people who do that by the way? No, no, not really. No. No, in in the really crappy months like January, February, March when you're not getting a lot of business, you'll see people screwing around on YouTube occasionally, but 
Those are the guys yeah. that don't usually sell very many cars anyways. I uh, actually exactly. tend to work. I work. I don't want to say work harder because I don't. I mean, you work a lot when you're selling a lot of cars, but you're doing a lot of other stuff. You're emailing more. You're making more videos for customers. You're doing more work to get more people to come in because they're not coming in naturally. Yeah. So, you know, it's a different type of work, but I'm mm-hmm. never not busy at work. I'm always busy. But that's why I sell a lot of cars. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, people say, wow, how do you sell so many cars? I work. (laughs) That's it. I'm not some great salesman. I work. I'm there before everybody else. I'll stay late if I have to. I'll come on my day off if I have to. And when we're not busy, I work to make myself busy again. Yep. Well, that's, that is sales. That's what it's about. Well, that's any job. That's any job. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's true, but the thing, the difference with sales is that, as you say, you have to work to keep the business going. You have to work to keep the customers coming in. Uh, there are other jobs where where you don't have to do that. You just have to service the customers as they come in, or you have to deal with whatever you've been given to deal with. But yeah. you, you have you have to keep up with the work. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, you know, so that is that is life, and uh, that's what you have to do. So I was. I, and I'm using my air quotes here, working while I was in San Francisco because I was visiting VMworld, yep. which is the conference I do. Well, Every I did year. go last year. But, no, but, last well, year was yeah, the did, first time you hadn't gone. Yeah, that was, things were a bit slower at work, and um, basically they said, oh, maybe you shouldn't do it this year. So, uh, But this year things are better, and so I went, and um, it was the usual good show. It's moved back to San Francisco now. It was in Las Vegas for the last few years. Um, so that was interesting because... Las Vegas is a terrible town it is. for for spending a week in because if you're not into the sort of things that people are into in Las Vegas, then it's kind of boring um, and there's not a lot to do and it's everything is very, very far apart and it's very difficult to move around. But as a conference town, to actually go to the conference, it's really good. The facilities are brilliant. Um, you can easily once you're in the facility, you're in the facility. Everything is there. Um, so actually, attending the conference is much better in Las Vegas than it is in San Francisco. Moscone has just been refurbished. Oh, I haven't um, seen that yet. Is it a lot different? Uh, well, so um, Moscone South has been rebuilt, so it's got a building on top of it wow. now, and it's really? just much further forward than it used to. Um, the the interior is broadly the same it's just been kind of gussied up a bit um you know uh, it's taken them a few years but uh the 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 communication around the campus is a little bit better now there's a couple of extra bridges and things but you still have that business where you're constantly moving from building to building to building um the step counts i did last (coughs) week were just insane oh yeah because just because i was walking around all the time and it is a pain in the neck Mm -hmm. you know so you know you're constantly going from south to west and then back to south and then most of the stuff i was doing was in either south or west so i was constantly doing that track back and forth and you know what it's like that junction um, is 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 madness it's absolute madness Uh, and and it the problem with moscone is it just feels like it can't accommodate as very easily as many people as the las vegas places do certainly many of the sessions i wanted to go to were booked out very very early because they were at capacity you know the funny thing is honestly i still like san francisco better and i think that's because i've been there so many times for macworld expo 
Which, by the yeah. way, I've been missing more and more lately. Don't yeah. get me wrong. This isn't a put down of Max Talk. It's a fine event. Yeah. But it isn't Mac World Expo. It just isn't. Uh, and yeah. just the huge number of people that would come to a Mac World Expo and all the different company stuff that you could find. It was such a huge event and it was so exciting. And it was perfect for San Francisco, to be honest. It was perfect. Yeah. That so, venue yeah. is Macworld Expo to me. So when I'm in San Francisco, boy, I, I have to go by Moscow and Center because that's that's San Francisco to me. Yeah, and and obviously, to actually being an event there, the VM World is is uh, obviously has a different focus, but the type of event is very much the same. There yeah. are uh, learning sessions. There's a big show floor with all sorts of companies on it. Um, you know, there are keynote events that you go to and that sort of thing. It's very, very similar. So it brings back a lot of memories for me as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's interesting. I, I, yeah, I, the conference it, itself, it, it works better in Las Vegas, but actually I'd much prefer being in San Francisco. More and this time I do. had, yeah, this time I had, um, my, my wife and daughter both came with me. So they spent five days in San Francisco. I was able to meet up with them in the evenings and do stuff with them and then kind of, you know, share what they've been doing during the day and all that. They had a great time. Um, and, uh, it was really good on a personal level. It was good to see my wife do this because, you know, she had that big sur- back surgery nearly a year ago and it really has affected it's been a her year life. already huh nearly yeah it was november wow. i think it was so um you know it's really slowed her down you know she still gets a lot of back pain and leg pain she still walks with a stick uh, uh, but it's also it's changed her perspective it's made her want to do things more because you know she appreciates that you know oh, perhaps yeah. things are as precious so in the past she never would have consider going on a trip like this with me and this time she did and you know what she really managed the physical side of that really really well and so i was i was really pleased to see that did you go to um, mel's diner uh yeah first day of course, of course yes <laughs> the first and it was and it that first day it was it was we weren't staying quite as close as i normally do to moscone so it was like a 15 minute walk yeah it's um, a little bit of a they, walk they both agreed afterwards that it was worth it oh yeah <laughs> It's something about that Mel's Diner in San Francisco is just, I've been to other Mel's Diners, one in, I think it was Los Angeles, maybe? Yeah. Cannot remember, but it's not the same. I mean, it no. is, but it isn't. Um, yeah. There's, I don't know. I went there a number of years ago. I was at another event in San Francisco, and I was probably a 20, 25 minute walk from Mel's Diner, my scone center. And yeah. I thought, you know what? The show was the next day. I was there early. I had basically a whole day to do nothing. And so I walked down there. I saw a movie, you know, that movie theater that's right next to Moscow Center in the old yeah. Sony building. Uh-huh. I remember I watched the Entourage movie there. Right. Um, <laughs> I love the TV show, so I enjoyed it, but it was yeah. a bad movie. Yeah. Um, it, well, it's a bro movie. And, yeah. and so I went yeah. to Mel's Diner. And it was just, there was no convention or anything going on, no conference. So it felt weird because it's just locals in there at that point for the most part. Yeah. And it just, it was weird because I didn't know anybody and I'm used to being there with people I know, you know, it would be you or a guy was always there, of course. Um, And we would just have a, a ragtag group of, different people some of them my macker some of them not 
Um, you know, you look over and you see the Macworld people or you'd see the whoever. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I know that guy. And oh, hey, how's it going? So I, I do miss the Macworld Expo. Miss yeah. going to Mel's Diner. Um, but, you yeah, know, the, the, we got to be downside, over it by now. Yeah, the, the downside for me is that, you know, some of the people who go to the sort of show I was at are very salesy and, you know, it's all kind of big and brash and, you know, um, kind of macho and, and, and it gets kind of tiresome very quickly. Yeah, I could imagine. Yeah, so um, you know, you 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 just have to deal with it and uh, and ignore the stuff you don't like. Um, I'd heard these all these horrible problems about how terrible San Francisco is at the moment with the homeless and everything. Um, it, to me, it was the same as it always was, which is it's always you know, been not, terrible on homeless. What are people talking yeah, about? No, no, but pe- people are kind of implied that it was much worse. It, I didn't see that myself, you know, and and I. I I heard some horrible things about what they're planning to do. We we took a trip <coughs> over the, we took a trip over the Bay Bridge to Treasure Island, which is the um artificial island that that they built as part of the Bay Bridge. Mhm. And um they you know they're talking about setting up a camp for the homeless people there and moving them all off there. It's freezing, it's desolate on this place. It's a flat it's an old naval base. It's a flat piece of nothing. And they're talking about moving all the homeless people there. And I just think, well, that's just, that's horrible. What a great idea. Well, you know, it's, it's just like, you know, let's, let's just put they're them gonna, out of sight, out of mind. Well, they'll just, out- but they've got plans. It's, they're going to rename the island and everything. It's going to be Trump Island. It's going to be <laughs> awesome. It was, it was, I, I heard this plan and I just thought, what a terrible, terrible, heartless idea. Why not try and deal with the problem of the homeless people in terms of what is it that makes them homeless and deal with that rather than just kind of put them in a camp somewhere, which is effectively what they're talking about doing. Um, well, the problem is it, the, all these homeless people are living in one of the most expensive places, actually the most expensive place to live in the United States. So yeah. you could deal with the problem, but they can't afford to live there. This is an issue. Um, you know, I, every single Lyft driver we spoke to, we use Lyft quite a lot during the week. Um, every single one of them said, well, do you live in San Francisco? And they went, no. No, no, they <laughs> live in Oakland. Lived, yeah, they lived in Oakland or they lived in San Jose. And, you know, so the next question was, well, you know, from where you live, how long does it take you to get up here to work in San Francisco every day? An hour. And it was like an hour, two, an hour two hours, mm-hmm. like like that. And, and then we say, oh, I guess... It's, it's not affordable to live here and they went they went well one bedroom studio apartment in san francisco is going for rent rental at the moment about five thousand dollars a month yeah so you know and, crazy. and uh, unfo- unfortunately that is the influence of the tech companies well that um, and it's runaway capitalism i believe in yeah. capitalism but you you got to have things in place so it doesn't get too greedy because if it gets too greedy you get uh, a lot of fraud you get a lot of people gaming yeah. the system, and you get what's going on in San Francisco right now, where the, you know the average person can't afford to live there. Yeah. So yeah, it's an issue. Yeah. Um, it certainly is. Let's uh let's switch gears a little bit and uh, uh-huh. talk about what's coming up. And what's coming up in ten days is an Apple event, and they are going oh. to announce the new iPhones. I doubt if they're going to be for sale right away. But I gotta yeah. be honest with you, David. Um, I'm a little bit excited about the new iPhones. I really well, I, am. I'm, yeah, I'm personally excited because this is the year. That this is um, this is my year where I get get to replace. Mm-hmm. So I currently have uh, uh, an eight plus, 
um, which I really like. Um, has been a great phone for me. Interestingly, I took the uh, SE away with me when I went to San Francisco. So it was, uh, and I I really like the SE. It's a great travel phone, but it was it was very nice after a week of that to come back to my eight plus. Yeah, with yes. a much 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 bigger screen now. Yes. Um. So so that was good. But yeah, this is the year that um my my eight plus is going to be two years old. So I'll get to swap it out in January. So I'm interested on a personal level about what's available. I'm um, I'm excited because um I'm on an eight plus as well. But for me, I bought my phone. Just I just yeah. paid cash for it, so I'm not on the payment plan or anything on it. Um, I'm excited because it all the rumors going around, and you know how much I love rumors, yep. is they're finally going with a three-camera system in it. And I think that's going to be a huge, huge deal. I, For those who have been long-term listeners to either this or when I was doing the MyMac podcast with David, um, you were in San Francisco in 2007 when they unveiled the iPhone, wasn't you? Um, no, I don't think so. No, I, I, I think I was there. I think I, I think I missed that year. I think I was there the year before when they announced the MacBook Air. I was definitely there. The first one I was for was was when they announced the MacBook Air. Yeah. Um, and then and then a couple of years after that, but I don't think I was there for the uh, for the iPhone launch, unfortunately. Well, even at the very beginning. I predicted that the secret sauce for the iPhone is the camera. Yeah. And I think that that has remained uh, true ever oh, since. Ab- yeah, absolutely. absolutely. As, as transformative as the iPhone has been in terms of a piece of technology, the fact that it effectively promoted the camera phone. Yeah. Because and I was struck by this at the, last week. I, I went to, they always do a concert um, for VMworld. So uh, I went this year. It was it was in the main auditorium in San Francisco. It was a good show. But I, I was sat up at the side, up, uh, kind of above the main floor. And I, it was really obvious when you looked down at, at the main floor where everyone was standing, you could see how many rectangles there were from people filming the show with their smartphones. Yeah. I mean, it was it was like fifty, sixty percent of all the people stood there uh, were filming it on their smartphones, and that is completely driven by the adoption of the camera. Because they'd had cameras in phones before the iPhone came along, but it was the iPhone that basically made it ubiquitous. Yes, because it's it's part of that standard, you know, black glass design that everyone has adopted now, and it was very, very much a um, a selling feature of. of of the early iPhones and now with everybody's phone they're always talking about the camera. Yeah. So this new three lens camera type thing I'm extremely excited about. Um I want to see how it works. I want to see the difference in picture quality. Um I know that some people are talking about the three D type of you can kinda of do that now, but and you see them on Facebook, but yeah, it's kind of yeah. chintzy and it doesn't quite look right so yeah, i've not i've not seen anything like that that really Sam, makes me think no no yeah nothing's Sa- gonna no, nothing that's gonna transform photography no. whereas sam, having sam levin, diff- yeah yeah sam levin does uh, a lot of pictures on facebook and right. he uses that 3d thing quite a bit so i enjoy oh by the way did, did you reach out to owen when you were in san francisco uh, I didn't know because I was there for such a short period of time. Okay. Um, I, I was thinking about that where that. you were talking earlier. Yeah. I miss not having Owen on the show as regularly as he used to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, 
I'm dying for the new iPhone. Uh, I think I might make the leap. Uh, maybe, uh, probably not right away though. You know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to pre-order it, but I'm going to wait for a while. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to get into that herd mentality that, Oh, I got to order it right away. Um, not, not, but I think I will that. get one. Not only that, they the, very often nowadays there there are you know initial production run issues that can, can be kind of annoying, and I always think it's worth letting the thing bed down a bit before yeah. you buy one. Yep, and hopefully they learn their lessons from the past and they make enough initially. But with the whole tariffs and all that stuff going on, um, it may not make any sense for me to upgrade. That is that is a real risk. Um, it's a huge risk. We're in a stupid uh, trade war that, you know, President Trump uh, initiated. Now, I yeah. actually – let's talk about this for a minute. I actually do think that things need to change. The rampant theft that China has been involved in when it comes to our intellectual property for a long, long time has got to change. <clears throat> and it is a one-sided kind of – trade arrangement where they get a lot more benefit than we do. But I don't think a trade war is the answer. Uh, but trade war is not going to do a, a blind thing about changing intellectual theft. Nope. Alexander came back from camp this year with a set of uh, headphones that he said to me, said, are these real AirPods? Because they looked exactly like AirPods. And now I took a close look at them. As soon as I picked up the case, I could tell because it didn't feel... As, as solid as a real airphone case, uh, airpod case. And then when I pulled the airpods out, they had little buttons on the side. So I said, these are definitely not real airpods. Right. But the point is, at first glance, you just could not tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, the, if, a, if an American company or a British company did that about somebody else's products, there'd be lawsuits, there would be big trouble, there would be regulators stepping in. And yet in the, in the Chinese market, you can do that and nobody says a thing. And then not only that, you can send it over to America or to Britain or to Europe or wherever, stick it up on Amazon, and it's allowed to be sold, apparently. Yeah, some of that problem is Amazon. Somebody needs to crack down on them when it comes to these counterfeit, and and they don't seem to be policing themselves very well because they're benefiting from it. So why would they? Um, no, well, the, the, their, their policing is when somebody complains, they take it down. But if nobody complains, they leave it and they make money off it. Yeah. So something should definitely be done, but the trade war is one of the worst things you could actually start. There is no real winners in a trade war, and it does affect markets globally. It's not just those two countries. Um, There was a – I listened to a podcast. I can't remember which one it was now. I think it was The Daily, and they talked about the trade show – or the trade trade show, trade war, and – yeah, I, I agreed with all of it. I was like, yep, this is a really bad idea, and uh, it, it hurts worldwide markets. So this one idiot could really affect worldwide markets, and that bothers me. And, and also as well, it drives up <clears throat> everybody's prices for everything. Yeah, because the only yeah. people that pay for the trade war and all these tariffs are the consumers. The companies yeah. aren't going to pay the difference. The governments aren't going to step in. So it's going to be people, and that means yeah. you and I may not be buying a new iPhone when it's released because it's going to affect prices worldwide. So, so the the I think the tariff coming in that will affect iPhones is fifteen percent. Well, um, Trump just said it's, it may be going up to thirty. 
Yeah, okay. And and I'm sure that Apple, over the long term, will look to move away from China as a manufacturing base if that stays in place. But in the short term, they've either got to try and swallow it um, or they've got to or they've got to pass it on. Uh, yep. And the reality is they will probably do a little bit of both. Yeah, Prices I think so. will rise. But that's only and, because and, Apple yeah. has that kind of clout and that much money, but yeah. many companies don't. And they're yeah. going to pass 100% of the cost over. Yep. So, anyways, let's get back on track. Um, I look forward to it. I, I'm obviously I'm working that day, so I'm not going to sit here glued to my computer watching us. I'll find out that night, and we'll talk about you know what Apple releases two shows from now because when we record our next show, it still won't have happened. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I you know I, I want something new and different, and this phone looks like it may be just that. Yeah, I think any improvements they can make to the camera is always going to be welcome i certainly noticed going uh spending a week away with the se where i didn't have the two camera system i've got on the eight plus so i didn't uh-huh. get the the two time zoom really affects <clears throat> how you use it for photographs um and i and never really, i never zoom you don't i never See, zoom. I, I i find i find that the problem with the wide angle is that you look at something in real life and you think i want to take a picture of that then when you take a picture um on the iphone it comes out really tiny in the middle Yes. And you can zoom it up, you can blow it up, but then you kind of you're losing quality. So um, I I tend to use the the, the two times zoom on my eight plus a lot. So the opportunity to improve that further is something that I'm kind of intrigued by. You so. know, you know what I wish they would do, and I know they can do it, but they just haven't. And no manufacturer has. I don't care which way you hold your phone when you take a picture. I want it to always take a horizontal picture. Yeah. I'd agree with that. If, Very if much they agree if that. they just did that, it would be so much better. Yeah, I, I hate I, uh, the vertical picture so much, especially in video. That's just it's so awful. Every yeah, single time, I'm like, ugh. They need to do it a cool way. Don't do it in software. Then you need to have the whole camera system, including the chip behind it, on a on a kind of a free floating gimbal, <laughs> so that whichever way you turn the camera, it's always the landscape way up. Um, that's that's how I want to see it done. <laughs> I'm sure they're working on it right now. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, software's too easy. Don't do software. Yeah, Tim Cook's just heard that. He's picked up the phone. He's gone. He's gone. Guys, guys, we need to change everything before next week. We, 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 I, got, I got a little bit of a challenge for you. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to get into our Wikipedia, um, wiki trolling section here in a second. Uh, but first... And don't skip over this because I know most of you, well, not most, but some of you skip past the the OWC ad. But this is an important one. Don't don't skip over this one. Uh, I want to thank OWC for being a sponsor of this episode and uh, Tech Fan in general for a very long time. This is the last time they're a- advertising on Tech Fan, um, and they've been sponsored, David, for a, a long, long time. And I'm not talking about any special product here. I just want people to remember for, what, four years, five years now, they've been advertising here on this show. And if you're thinking of upgrading your Mac, if you're thinking of peripherals, think of OWC and go to MacSales.com and buy the products there. Don't get one of these Chinese knockoffs. Go to OWC. Um, what's happened is, you know, they're not seeing the return on investment. Uh, I don't know how you trace that via a podcast because we've never done any special go to this URL or anything. So make sure you go to OWC and Hey, if you're on Twitter, if you're on Facebook, 
seriously this. This is serious. Thank them for sponsoring TechFan. Seriously, please do yep. that. And uh, thank you very much, OWC, for all the years of support. And uh, hopefully, maybe one day we'll get you back. So uh, let's yeah. talk. Let's talk about the uh, wiki trolling. I like this one, David. It's a yep. uh, it's a car. You picked a car. I did. This is the mm-hmm. Nissan 300. I'm going to call it ZX because I'm British. You yeah. Call it the ZX. Um, and specifically, the one I had in mind when I I, I put this up was the the last one they made, the Z32 model, which came out in the early to mid-90s. Um, and I remember when this... Cause you remember, as, I, as regular listeners know, I spent a lot of time in the States in the 80s and 90s. And I remember when this car came out and what a stir it caused in the American car market. Um, because it was the performance of a Porsche with Japanese reliability... Um, it was a great looking car and it was obviously it was a lot cheaper than than buying a Porsche in fact I remember they had an ad first time I ever saw it they had an ad where the the uh, the 300 ZX was flying down an, an a German autobahn and it comes up behind a Porsche and flashes his lights and the Porsche moves out the way so it can accelerate past it was the coolest thing it really really was um, and yeah they 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 became really popular and um when i first time i saw this i thought when i'm old enough to buy and run my own car that's what i want um and never happened but <laughs> there you go but the 300 zx was kind of awesome so what's your view of this because you're you're still in the car market the japanese car market so. well it's too bad that nissan isn't the same manufacturer they were back then yeah they have some yeah. good-looking cars right now, but the reliability and, and uh, resellability is really, really poor right now, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. They sell a lot of the Rogue. Um, yeah. It's not a great vehicle. It's inexpensive compared to a product that I sell, the RAV4. Yeah. But it, it's Nissan is just – when you think of Nissan nowadays, you think about their CEO going to prison. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a company that is in a lot of trouble financially as well. So you really have to go back to the heyday. I was more of an American muscle car guy, mm-hmm. even over the Porsches and stuff like that. There's yeah. a few exceptions. Like, for instance, I was telling you earlier, we had a uh, 67, 68 E-Type Jaguar parked yeah. in front of our dealership for a couple hours uh, Friday. And, man, what a beautiful car. I mean, it's a work of art. It's one of those yeah. cars that transcend um the manufacturer transcend what it means to be a sports car it was it's just it's a work of art it's just so beautiful the way the the bumpers fit in and the sleek design it it looks fast just sitting there not even moving the way the headlights it's just it's just a gorgeous car and as much as i like the nissan you i can't compare it to something like that but you asked about the nissan so well, not, not only f- that. The, yeah, the problem with the, the problem with the E-Type is it looks amazing. It's terrible to drive because oh, yeah. it, you know it's designed in the sixties when brakes were kind of a bit of an afterthought. Yeah, um, you know, comfort wasn't really there and everything like that. It was a different type of car. The thing about the about the three hundred Zs is that is that they were kind of you know They're relatively modern modern cars. Yeah, you safer, know, had, more reliable. Yeah. 
Yeah, but obviously not as nowhere near as classic as an E-Type, and I'm not suggesting that. But uh, for me, the 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 300Zs kind of represent a time. This was a time when um, Japanese manufacturers felt like they could go toe to toe with uh, any other sports car. With a you know, and and Nissan particularly had they had the Skyline and all of that. They've always they've always played in this area, and this car really was the epitome of kind of a along with the Miata which came out about the same time is like a Japanese take on how you do sports cars well well um, for me like I said I was always more of an American muscle car guy which is 60s early 70s yeah so when the the 300 came out we're in the midst of the 80s and what America was doing in sports cars were a joke you have stuff like yeah. the Camaro which you know, had a 350 engine or a 305 cubic inch engine, but only produced 120 horsepower. I mean, they were a joke. They looked okay, but they were kind of junky. And you, even the new ones you looked at them, you're like, oh, it looks pretty good. But you knew it's kind of junky. It's General Motors. Yeah. The Mustangs were just abysmal in the 80s. They were the tiny little pony cars, and they were just horrible. Uh, and the Corvette was always a Corvette. Yeah, who cares? But here comes this Nissan. And... It looked fast. You knew it would be reliable. And a lot of people jumped on them because it was exactly the opposite of what the American car market was making at the time. It was uh, relatively affordable. And yet you got a really good performance out of it. I mean, those suckers were fast. Not six. It was five to six seconds. Yeah. Which for the mid 90s is uh, was you know, really up there. I know a lot of cars can do that nowadays, but we're talking the, the mid-90s at this point, you know. Exactly. Um, yeah. It, they, it, it was an amazing-looking car. I remember driving in one probably early 90s. It was before my first marriage. And I just remember marveling at how well-built everything felt. Everything just felt really solid. And yet the performance, jeez, I mean, this little sucker moved. It had T-tops in it, if I remember right. Maybe it was a convertible. But I'm pretty sure it had T-tops. I think most uh, of them were T-tops. Yeah, man. It was was a comfortable seat. It just felt solid. It just felt like, you know what, if something bad happened, I think we'd be okay in this car. And that says something, because I never felt that way in a 90s U.S. car. I felt, (laughs) oh, I better hope, hope we don't get in an accident in this sucker, because I might not make it. Yeah, they were they were something, and I still think it's a good looking style, even though it's you know uh, twenty five years old now. Um, I still think it looks nice. Um, I don't know. The, it's a shame some we, of them, some of them do. I, I yeah. think the 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 late eighties ones don't look as good. I think the early eighty ones look good. I think the eighty nine ninety in there, yeah, they were. I don't know. They they look more plasticky yeah. to me, and then. Towards the end of the production run is when they kind of got back into making it look really, really good. Yeah, but uh, but they always know, had better ones in Japan. That's what always bothered me. The good ones well, were in Japan. Yeah, yeah well, I, that unfortunately, that's the you know they they're based in Japan. I guess Japan they get the good gets, ones. <laughs> yeah, they get the good ones. And, and you got to remember as well, we were talking about trade wars before. There are all sorts of restrictions about what you can export from Japan. So maybe maybe yeah. the reason the Japanese get better ones is just because it's easier to sell them there than it is to export them. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a shame in some respect because yeah, as you say, 
the car market in general and Nissan in particular has fallen so far from this. In oh the, yeah. You know they 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 had the uh, Nissan a few years ago had the 350Z, which was was also pretty cool, um, but wasn't it wasn't as iconic as this was. Uh, and the problem is, yeah, they like everyone else, they've moved into selling, you know, kind of pumped up SUV style cars now as as the as the dominant machine uh and they don't really make many cars like this anymore which is kind of a shame the american market right now when it comes to car buyers is all about suvs and look i own an suv and so does julie yeah and it's the same here in fact you know nissan is kind of uh, responsible with a car called the cash kai which i i think is the one below the rogue in the states yeah um they kind of they kind of invented the market for these, uh, you know, a, a, a regular hatchback car that looks like an SUV. Um, and uh, they kind of created that. And yet Nissan themselves is not now capitalizing because they have so many of their own problems. Um, but obviously a car like that is not really, you know, it's a, oh, it's a Nissan Rogue Sport is what the, uh, what the cash right. car is in the state. Um a car like that is, in some respects, is kind of goes against what we should be doing in cars now because it's bigger and heavier than a regular hatchback, um, despite not having any of the advantages of an SUV. Because basically, it is a it's a regular car and a with a bigger body rather than being a proper SUV, like yours is. You know, it's available in four wheel drive. Most of them are sold in two wheel drive. It's basically it's a you know a family hatchback, but with a bigger, heavier, less fuel efficient body on it. One of the issues yeah. that we have in our area, and the reason that both Julie and I have larger SUVs, I mean, mine's one of the biggest SUVs, the, the Sequoia, but is because of the winter months here. And yeah. because of, of climate change, uh, we see worse weather longer in the year. Yeah. So we're seeing tons of snow and all that, and I still have to drive 70 miles you know, yeah. back and forth to work. So I, you know... I would love to have, like, I'll give you an example, the new um, Corolla hatchback. It's not a hybrid. It's just a little Corolla hatchback. It's a brilliant little car to drive. It really is. Uh, It got all the safety features, and I've driven them a lot. I wish I could drive that car year-round. It would be great. Or or even the Corolla, the regular Corolla, but just the hybrid version. It's 52 miles to the gallon. That's awesome. I would save so much money. Uh, And and that is the the Corolla hybrid has become a a massive seller here. Yeah. um, You know, Leanne drives a Yaris hybrid, which is even smaller, and uh, she absolutely loves it. Yeah. You know, so. um, So I would love to go that route, but it would be a, a three quarters of the year car for me. That's the problem. And the difficulty, of course, is that here in the UK, that Qashqai has become the mass market seller. And we just don't have the weather that justifies having SUVs like that. And as I say, most of them are two-wheel drive, so they don't help you in in bad weather anyway. No. Um, So And and it's even worse. You go to the schools here and you see people driving uh, Range Rovers, Land Rover Discoveries, big uh, Audi A8s and stuff like that. You think all you're doing is burning fuel and taking up a huge amount of road space for effectively a five-seater car that's no bigger than a hatchback. Well, we're getting very, as a society, worldwide, we're getting much better at recognizing that some things need to be done. I mean, if you've been watching social media for the last two weeks, um, these uh, Amazon fires has been all over the news, 
and yeah. Brazil is getting hammered when it comes to politically uh, of what's yeah. going on. Um, it's a little bit. It's this isn't even the record number of fires they've had in a single season, and most of these actually started. Na- uh, not naturally that farmers and people that, you know, they would clear out brush and the fire got away from them. So it, this is yeah. nothing new, but as a society, we're starting to recognize, Hey, we need to do something here about climate change, but yet we're all driving giant SUVs. We're not willing to give up that, but yeah. we seem to be getting more, Hey, we need to get rid of coal. We need to get rid of these fossil burning vehicles we want hybrids we want electrics but what we want is really a big suv yeah but we're not uh, willing to buy the big suv unless it's got a big v8 or a v6 motor in it yeah this is this is the problem and you know of course you can't you can't boil the ocean you can't solve every problem once you know i was very struck though that all the um all the cab drivers that I saw in San Francisco were all driving hybrids. Well, that's because of the fuel efficiency. It costs well, them a lot less yeah, money to yeah, power but, them. But the problem, but yeah, but that that should that should work for anybody. You know, every, who nobody should want to spend more money on gas than they have to. Yeah. So really, the and we're starting to see this change here in the UK a little bit now because diesel, which has been the big kind of seller here for efficiency has now fallen out of favor as a result of particularly what Volkswagen were up to. Um, so cars are, car makers here are now moving far f- towards the hybrids and the electrics and, and government is hopefully going to scramble to catch up to make that work. But really, I, I you know, they, the, the car manufacturers, they have an opportunity to sell in uh, to you know, to sell this technology to people and to evangelize this technology to people, so that they will buy it. And yep. really, you know, it doesn't shouldn't matter whether you want to buy a, a Corolla or whether you want to buy a Ford F one fifty. If the if the manufacturer says to you, well, you know, we've we've put a battery and a hybrid um, drivetrain into this, and so even though you've got the power you need, you're going to get far better gas mileage by about fifteen miles per gallon better than before. And you know, that should be an easy sell to every to anybody. Yeah, and unfortunately it's not because I run into this selling cars that there's some people, they'll come in, they'll look at the RAV4, yeah. and they'll say, now are you interested in the gas only or the hybrid version? Oh, ju- I, no, not the hybrid. I'm not ready for something like that yet. That's, And I go, well, you know, it's very mature technology at this point. Toyota's been doing it for 20 years. Yeah. They go, yeah, I don't know. It's They're, they're more expensive to maintain. No, actually, they're <laughs> less expensive to maintain. They're more efficient in every way. Um, and the gas version gets 30 miles to the gallon, and the hybrid gets 40 miles to the gallon. And if they're exactly the same vehicle, <clears throat> same equipment, the cost difference is $800. Yeah. And when I tell them that, and then I go into my whole spiel of why the hybrids, are, you know, the, you could go about twice as long on your brakes, and uh, it's so quiet, blah, 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 blah. Half of them convert over to a hybrid. I, yeah. I sell them on the hybrid, and all of a sudden, they're all in. And then yeah. what really helps is when you go for a ride in the, the hybrid version of the RAV4, as an example, and the same is true with the Camry and any hybrid out there. I don't care what the manufacturer is. So much more peppy because yeah. it's an electric motor. That's right. You know, it's yeah. just nothing but torque. You put your foot down, that little sucker goes. So I sell yeah. a lot of hybrids because I sell to them. I, I explain the differences and the benefits. Yeah. Now, my my brother drives a second generation Prius. Uh huh. So what they on the fourth fourth version now? Yeah. Um, 
so that car is like 15 years old and it's completely utterly reliable. He has no problems with it. He has, if he has problems with it, it's nothing to do with the hybrid system. No. I, I got I got in a cab while I was in San Francisco that was the same same model. Um, and, I, you know, the mileage was just sky high and it's still running as a lift cab. Yeah. yeah. So the guy's having no problems with it. These cars run and run and run. The reliability problems, are, and everyone was terrified that the batteries wouldn't last. Uh, and well, it's it would cost happened. you $4,000 if, if you... You know, had to replace one of those giant battery packs. But, but yeah, but all these hybrids are running with the original battery packs, and exactly. you know they work fine. So yeah. I know we started at the Nissan 300ZX, great car. Um, yeah, it's too well, bad what, that what? Nissan doesn't really make that car anymore. Uh, and why? Or if we they not did, it would be terrible. Yeah. Why? We? I, I mean, Porsche is coming out with hybrid. Uh, sports cars and electric sports cars. It would be nice if some of the other manufacturers got into that again as well. Jaguar has an all-electric uh, yeah. sports car. Yeah, they they were they were prom- obviously when you go to these trade shows, there's a lot of people promoting um, prizes to try and bring people to the stands. There's a couple of people who had um, you know kind of big multi multinational sweepstakes for the this new Porsche Taycan, which is the new. Well, effectively, they, it's, port, it's meant to be Porsche's Tesla killer yeah. um, that's coming out in a couple of months and is, is getting great write-ups. You know, so uh, even companies like Porsche are seeing the writing on the wall when it comes to uh, electric technology in cars. Yeah, the you know I've been in the uh, uh, the iPace. That's the uh, electric. Yeah. The yeah. problem with it, it gets dude, it gets eighty miles to the gallon, but it doesn't use. That's just a an example because they can't really yeah. say, but that's what it most people understand. Doesn't burn fuel at all. Does exactly. It? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the thing has got almost four hundred horsepower. Think about that. It does zero to sixty in like two point six seconds. Yeah. But it's eighty. It's seventy thousand dollars. Yeah. That, well, that's unfortunately that's the problem. Is it's seen that, and and this is actually partly tesla's fault is that all electric uh, the, the good all electric is seen as a you know an upper end premium product when in fact they want they need to be going mass market uh, well they, they're trying the they're trying with the model the three but yeah i mean i i actually said to, uh, we, we saw quite a few that i've not seen a model three in the uk but we saw quite a few in san francisco i actually said to uh, i said to liana said i wouldn't buy a tesla at the moment no because i'm, because I'm not sure that company's going to survive for the next five yeah. years Yep, I've yeah. I've seen uh, quite a few of them on the road. I actually saw a semi. Oh, it was just this last week, like Monday or Tuesday, uh, full of the Model Threes. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just chock full of them. I don't know where they yeah. were going. They're heading east towards Detroit, so who knows? Um, but I I actually looked in one, and they're okay. They feel like an inexpensive car, though. They don't yeah. seem like a premium product, and yet. The price is a little bit high still. It, yeah. That should be a twenty-two, twenty-three thousand dollar car. Yeah, uh, I think because of the size and the problems that Tesla has, they would lose money at that price point. Yeah. So let's move away from Tesla. Let's have Toyota. Let's have GM has tried, but their quality is well. It's GM, so it failed, yeah. of course. Um, but let's have some other manufacturers have. Maybe it's a an, an all electric SUV that costs you know thirty thousand dollars. That yeah. I think would be a huge seller. Mm-hmm. But yep, you know I I don't see anybody doing it quite yet. I sell I your products, Toyota. You're listening. Come on, what's going on? 
Well, you know, Toyota's Toyota's all in on the hybrid, and yeah. um, you know that's fine because I think you know, unlike many manufacturers, they've they've kind of taken that technology and refined it as far as it can go, and yes. they're all, you know they're improving it, and I think. When the Prius first came out, we never thought that they would roll it out across the rest of the range. And the fact that you can buy pretty much anything they sell now in a, in a hybrid version, I think, is is to be commended because they're showing that, you know, these things can be done and can be worked. And, and you know, who knows if Tesla would even exist if it hadn't been for the success of the Prius and the hybrid range. That's right. So, um, you know, they're, they're all in on that. that. That means there's space for other manufacturers to do something different. And then we'll see which one is best. But ultimately, we are going to have to get away from hybrids because we need to get off fossil fuels completely. So we're going to wrap up this episode on a little bit of a somber, serious note here. Um, I can see where people listen to the show. We've got quite a few um, listeners in the area of the East Coast. Specifically, we got a lot of listeners down in Florida. Mm-hmm. And um, Hurricane Doria is literally bearing down on Florida right now, and it just reached a or a Category 5 status. Yeah. This is amazingly dangerous. This is yeah. a monster storm, and we, it doesn't I, look like it's going to lose much potency before it hits. No, and and, and it, may, it may veer away from the coast. It looks like it's threatening to do that, but the thing is it's going to land somewhere. If it's not Florida, it's going to be Georgia. It's the or Carolinas. It's be the or, Carolinas. Yeah. So, you know, somebody's going to get feel the teeth of this storm. And, um, you know, I, I hope that prepare and be safe. In, yeah, I hope if you're listening to this episode and uh, it's not, you know, months in the future, I hope that you're listening to it in your car heading somewhere north away from this path of the storm. Yeah. Be safe out there, people. That's all David and I really yeah, want to say. Exactly. Be, just be safe. Yeah. And uh, safe we will wishes. be back. Yeah. Best wishes. Absolutely. Dave and I will be back next week with another exciting episode of Tech Fan. Exciting. Um, you know, there's we, there quite a few things happened in the last few weeks that we haven't talked about. Um, yep. Sony and Disney had a big spat, and Spider-Man's not going to be in the MCU anymore. And Yeah, we, we're, we're trying to do less direct news-related stuff, but I've got a whole yeah. – you'll probably see from those. got a whole load of stuff that I've been trying out for review. So uh, next yep. week I'm going to talk about my um, – experiences with a different smartwatch which i use when i travel away yeah and i'm interested in that because here's the thing about that when it comes to the smart watches i'm only seeing two things on a regular basis now david i'm seeing people with an uh, an, an apple watch or i'm seeing the fitbit type things yeah i'm not seeing almost anybody with any other brand so i'm very curious on uh on how your what is a smart Samsung Gear a, a Gear S2? Two, which is a uh, yeah a Gear S2, which is running ties in their own OS, and um, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll let you know how that went because <clears> I used it for a week, and um, so I, I got some good good practice with it. So good, uh, I'd like to hear more about week. it. All right, all right. Then. Well, I'll talk to you, then, David. To you next week. Bye. Bye.